When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is one of the most unusual calls by a referee in the history of the sport. The first loss. A tremendous victory. Welcome, five fans, to another episode of BTR's Legendary Nights. And it's me, Sean Basto, your host as always, covering some of the greatest fights over recent boxing memory and historical boxing memory. But before we get in to this episode of The Legendary Nights, we want to talk about our sponsors for the podcast, which is Bear Attack Boxing, providing high-quality boxing gloves and high-quality boxing equipment on www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and you can find them on social media at Attack Boxing on Twitter and Bear Attack Boxing on Facebook and Instagram. So go over there and check out the high-quality boxing gloves that they're doing. They are endorsed by guys like Tyrone McKenna and Tommy McCarthy and there's going to be more up and coming products in the near future. Also before we go into this episode of Legendary Nights I also want you to take a moment to go over and find us on any available podcasting app like Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Spreaker, Stitcher, Player FM, TuneIn we're on every single one and whichever one you choose to subscribe to us on please go on there and leave us a comment leave us a rating, leave us a review All of this really, really helps us. Uh, And I always bang on about the fact we are independent. We truly are. We don't have a studio to do this in. So all these votes, all these ratings and reviews, they really help us get up where we need to be. So today's episode then, Legendary Nights, voted by you, the listeners and the users of Twitter. This is the tale of Frotch versus Groves, number one. And we're going to be talking today to Johnston Brown. 
who currently writes articles for Billy C Boxing. You can find Johnston's work at billycboxing.com and you can find Johnston on Twitter at johnose 23 So make sure after you've listened to this episode, you go out there and you give him a follow because he absolutely loves everything about boxing. He likes to write about great historical fights. So it was a perfect match getting him on for this Legendary Nights episode. So this is it, guys. This is the tale of Frotch versus Groves, one of the modern-day great fights that I'm really excited to be talking about. So sit back. If you're in work listening to it, sit back and enjoy this episode of BTR's Legendary Nights. This is the tale of Frotch versus Groves. So I'm delighted to welcome on to Legendary Nights, Johnston Brown. Johnston, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, mate. You're well too, Sean. Absolutely, 100%. I'm really looking forward to this episode. It's the tale of Frotch versus Groves, the first fight. And we're going to be chatting about this particular fight. It's so fresh and so relevant, given the fact that we've just seen a fight weekend uh, and a punditry team that's involved both of these men. So it's really interesting to, to get this out this week and chat about this particular fight. And I know when I approached you about speaking about it, you was really excited because it's a fight you really enjoyed as well. Yeah, yeah, massively. Uh, I, I was... Uh, I was a bit of I was a Frotch fan and uh, I was a Grove fan as well. So I was, I was sort of in between when I watched the fight. I, I weren't too sure to cheer on. So with 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 the build up, it uh, sort of swayed my views a little bit on um, on Cole Frotch especially because I thought he was a little bit arrogant to be fair. Um, but yeah, really good fight to you know to, to sort of get your teeth into and. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first one. Really, really, I actually think it's better than the second. I think many most people probably will, but. Uh, yeah, really, really good fight. 100% a great fight. This is, like you said there, you know, I'll agree with you straight away when you say this was a better fight than the second one. And in terms of excitement, yeah, 100%, absolutely, this was a better fight. I really enjoyed it. And what you were just saying then as well about the fact that I think this this did actually sway a lot of people's influence over who they wanted to win in this fight with yep. the build-up. And we're going to discuss that in the episode today. We're going to be discussing a little brief synopsis of the careers just leading up to the fights as always. And then we're going to talk about the fight and then we're going to talk about the aftermath. And, you know, I think this is a, a perfect fight and this might not in some people's minds it might not be classed as a legendary night but I think in recent British boxing memory it's for me personally this is this is one of the greatest nights in boxing we've had recently for a long time and and not only that Sean I actually think that if you think about it, I mean I've heard people uh, uh, sort of say that this is the fight that actually ignited the British boom if you think about it I mean there was a slight boom going on at before the actual fight obviously but with the way the fight went and with the way it stopped and then obviously progressing to the second you know from there I mean whoever thought 90,000 people would go and watch Groves Frotch at Wembley Stadium I mean that, that there alone says that British boxing at that time was really starting to sort of go well and, uh, and uh, uh, it was it was gaining a lot of interest so this this was a really significant fight as well yeah no 100% 100% a significant fight and we're going to talk about both fighters like I said synopsis of their careers going into it and Frotch at this point was a lot of people's favourite before the build up of this fight because what he'd achieved in boxing at this point in 2013 going into the Groves fight were it made him what he is today it made him a warrior it made him the guy with the granite chin and we'll talk about that now and, and briefly touch on some of them fights I mean when he first really broke onto that world stage for me was when he beat Jean Pascal in 2008 when boxing was on ITV when it was just ITV and you had uh, Sky Sports and ITV and I don't think there was anything else at the time as well and this was one of them free to air fights that I really really enjoyed the Jean Pascal fight do you remember that? 
I do, yes, I watched it. I did watch it. Uh, yeah, 2008, wasn't it? I, did, I watched it around the mate's house, actually. Uh, we're both cheering on uh, Frotch. And I, th- I think, was, uh, do you know what? Off the top of my head, this is just off the top of my head. Was, was, was uh, Tel Zaggy, was he retired by this point as well in 2008? He'd just had his last fight the month before. He had. Uh, with Jones Jr. I remember watching this fight thinking, because the, 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 the rumour was possibly he could, Cole Frotch could fight. Cal Zagging, obviously that didn't happen, but yeah, that's why I, that always sticks in my mind. And that was his first title, wasn't it? That was the one the WBC. That's it? the one, yeah, WBC. Yeah, WBC. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was a great fight, great twelve-round war with Jean Pascal. He wins on a unanimous decision, and the next fight was even more dramatic against Jermaine Taylor. What a fight that was! That no, 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 you talk about legendary nights. That was an amazing fight, Jermaine Taylor. Great fight, great fight. Yeah, how many seconds was that fight when he, he knocked him out with something like I think it was like ten or twelve seconds? I, I think I mean, it was a ten seconds. It was it was ten seconds. I'm sure it was. I remember, yeah, 20, 10, uh, 20, 10 or twenty seconds, if that. I mean, yeah, it was unbelievable. Down on points, and obviously. Um, Taylor, Taylor was. It's 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 incredible, really. It shows how much of a warrior Cole Froch. I mean, this that was probably for me a significant fight with Cole Froch that made me realise that this guy is a real warrior, and, and, and I love. It. From that point, I followed him even more. So, like, watched every single one of his fights from that point. It was. It's a fantastic fight against Jermaine Taylor. What a comeback from him. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was a really great fight. I really enjoyed watching that. And then he went into the Super 6 tournament. The, the, you know, the sort of the early version of the World Boxing Super Series. We had the Super 6 tournament with all the super middleweights involved. And then he went on and he beat Andre Durrell in Nottingham. And then he had that fight with Kessler, which he lost. Uh, that, was the t- yeah, a, a period, that was the period of time where we had that horrible volcanic ash cloud as well. And he was struggling to get over to, right. to, uh, <laughs> to Denmark to actually <laughs> Fight yeah. him, yeah, yeah, and he lost that. He lost to Kessler the first one, which was a bit of a, uh, you know, it was it was a bit. It was, I wouldn't say controversial, but it was very tight, and it could have gone either way. And then obviously it was after Abraham after that, wasn't it? Yeah, after Abraham, yeah, he, he did a he, he did a bit of a number on Abraham from what I remember. He just he just he shown the blueprint of how to beat Abraham in that fight. Yeah, definitely, it was excellent, superb performance, one of his best performances actually, Cole Frutch, like flawless almost, excellent. He beats Glenn Johnson and then he faces Andre Ward in the final and loses uh, in what was a, a very difficult fight for Cal Frotch and my, my memories of that fight were that he was outboxed for the majority of it but f- towards the end he started to get through a little bit, maybe the last two or three rounds and you started to wonder, you know, what, you know is he going to be able to get through and I think people were saying, oh this was a 15 round fight. You know, he might have stopped Andre Ward. The thing was, yeah, he, he weren't going to yeah. beat him, was he? Andre yeah. Ward was just something special. Yeah, I think I think that was that was that was the night that Andre Ward probably, you know, it, it was quite significant in the way he was able to then just for someone like Cole Frotch to literally for, for ten, as you say, probably for nine, ten rounds, he was outboxed. And you know, I, I know there was a lot. Everybody sort of had Andre Ward the potential superstar and. But that fight just just sort of signified that for me, and he was it was I, I was willing I, like everyone else you know that support British boxing Cole to catch him with one, but it just you know just wasn't to be. And then obviously, I mean, I, I know you probably want to move on, but Lucian Butte, yes. I mean, that was uh, oh that is one fight that will always stick with me because he was so um, it, nobody nobody gives such a chance really. I mean, oh, I remember all the pundits saying, "No, nah, Lucian Butte is." 
he's this fantastic fighter and you know can't see Cole stopping him and he, he you know he's on the slide and obviously you know again he performed a fantastic put a fantastic performance in against Lucian Boone. Yeah, it was one of his greatest performances to be honest. It was, it was I think if, oh. if anything, if anything, regardless of the George Groves fights which we're going to be talking about, you know this Lucian Butte fight probably along with the Groves fights will probably be remembered as as one of his career defining performances because the, the fact that you just said there the way he came back from all the pundits literally putting him out saying he's you know he's not going to win this it was very reminiscent of when uh, Sonny Liston fought Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali was was told by all the pundits no you ain't going to win this Liston's going to win this he's going to kill you that's it it's over and yep. you know Lucien Butte comes out and gets absolutely blasted out by Carl Froch and 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 that shows for me as well with with Carl Froch because he was the underdog almost going into that, although obviously Lucy and Beauty come over to Nottingham to fight him, you could sort of see there was something about Cole that night, and even the, the build up to that, he was so he was so tuned in. You could, I don't know, there was something about him that I felt that he's going to perform that night, and, and I, I didn't doubt him, and I just I just had this feeling, he had this glint in his eye, and and as you say, he, he really did perform that night, and and that is when Cole was at his best, you know, when 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 people were. Doubting him, he puts in a, a fantastic performance. He did, and then he beat Yusef Mack uh, via KO in Nottingham in the same year. Moving to 2013, we come to May, and we get the return bout with Mikel Kessler, which was for his, his old WBA title and the current IBF title, which he held at that time. So he goes into that fight, and uh, that again, this is another fight where you think to yourself, you think about wars, this was a war. I actually, t- I actually took my wife to this round, Gemma. Uh, we both went uh, to the O2 and the uh, we done really well because we was you know I, I weren't sure if we were going to get the tickets because they were they all went pretty quickly. I think they they sold out within like half an hour. And uh, Gemma managed to work her magic and get us uh, two tickets for the Kessler fight, uh, Kessler uh, Frotch fight, and unbelievable. One of my favourite fights. I mean, that, in fact, that is probably the best fight I've actually seen live on a personal level. To be fair, fantastic. No, right, loved it. You, could, you couldn't have gone to a better fight, really, to be honest with you. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, as far as fights go, you want something like that. And for I think for the casual audience, this was one of them fights where if you weren't a boxing fan and you were just tuning in because he was a friend of a friend who liked boxing, this would have got you into boxing because yep. of the fight, because of the way they went at yep. it for twelve rounds. Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I love a slugfest, and you know, if, if, if you're going to uh, if you're going to advertise boxing, I think a good old slugfest to the to the to the casual is always a good good one isn't it really it yeah. gets me involved yeah love it no it does and then obviously we come to George Groves which we'll be talking about so we'll move on to Groves then. and let's talk about Groves' career and obviously we, you know both men are retired at this point but Groves obviously started his career a little bit later on he actually made his debut uh, in the same year that Cal Froch won his first world title wow okay I didn't know that okay yeah I knew of him and James Gow because I knew there was a you know it was turning away when it was with them both in the amateur and I think James DeGow had edged that George didn't he for the Olympics which 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 Almost, I think that's where actually it all stems from that rivalry between James DeGaulle and uh, George Groves and I think from then that was when I, I was like mm, who's this George Groves so I, to be honest I, you know, I didn't know that that's interesting 
Yeah. Well, I first I first came across Groves uh, when he fought Charles Adamu for the Commonwealth title, which was in 2010. So before that, he'd obviously been in his learning fights. So his fights against the journeyman, the road warriors. He'd got all his learning fights in and then came in 2010, where he really broke onto the scene, beating Charles Adamu for the Commonwealth title in Manchester. And that's really where I started to take note of, of him as a fighter. And then uh, his next main fight, or his major fight, was with Kenny Anderson, which again was in Manchester, where he defended the Commonwealth Super Middleweight title. The Kenny Anderson fight, Johnston, is that one that you recall? I don't know, to be honest. No, I'm not going to lie. No. <laughs> well, no. for people that don't, for people that obviously don't recall it, you know, this was a fight where I think if you go back and watch it, you, you're going to look at it and think this is going to tell you a bit of a story about George's career. And it was a bit of foreshadowing to the way George's career was going to go because it was a, a little bit of a life and death fight for him. You know, he got he got up from a from an early knockdown to go on to stop. Kenny Anderson in what was a thrilling fight because they were both undefeated at the time so that was a significant point in George's career uh, one more fight after that and he goes in in his first a big main event against James Gale. Yep, yeah that's that's the one I do recall very well and uh, I mean I, we actually had one didn't we recently with Scott Fitz, Fitzgerald and uh, Anthony Fowler in yes. terms of two guys roughly around the same time undefeated produced a good good fight a bit like James Gale and George Groves a bit of rivalry as well um, so yeah, and it, it was a close one. I mean, it's a majority decision in the end. Uh, I've got on here. So uh, I, 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 you know, I, when I first see the fight live, I actually think I actually had the gal down as winning that fight. And then when I rewatched it a couple of times, I think Gross did win it in the end. Uh, so it was close, but um, yeah, I think George done enough. Yeah, well, I watched the fight live. I remember watching it with a couple of my mates, and it was one of them fights where it was a very tactical, masterful performance. And it was obviously the influence of Adam Booth that. James James Gale, George Groves had in his corner that night to beat James Gale and you know I was watching recently a little bit of a Sky Sports documentary they did with with George and he was talking about that fight, it was interesting that he he said going into this particular fight he wasn't very comfortable with the tactics that were put in place for him for this fight, however he went off obviously Adam's knowledge base and and it played out on the night, you know he stole the rounds away from James and that's what essentially won him that fight, so that was quite a significant fight and then he goes on in yep. his fight after that and and beats Paul Smith, uh, a guy who went on to have yep. way too many world title shots. Oh, I mean that again. That showed uh, he done him in two rounds as well. I could that, that was that was a bit of a shock for me. I wasn't expecting that. And uh, yeah, especially after being in a hard fight against James, uh, he come out. He produced a fantastic performance against uh, Paul Smith. And yeah, that that for me made him, made me realise actually, you know, George is he's, he's on a good roll here, and he could do something in this division. And then obviously, I think I think next one was was it Francisco Sierra, and then. Um, Glenn Johnson, which was another one I went yes. to. I actually had to, to watch George Grimes against Glenn Johnson as well. Which was another, it was a decent fight, but it was a good performance from George. Excellent performance, really, uh, considering Glenn Johnson is a, is a, is a tough guy, isn't he? But he was, um, you know, he was obviously coming to the end of his career, but it was, it was a good, good performance from George. And it was really starting to, you know, it was, it was, it was flying up the rankings and obviously we're getting to the point where he's in a position to, to fight for the world title. 
Well, that's it. Like you say, he, he had a great performance against Colin Johnson, where people started to notice him even more. They were starting to talk about him more going onto the world stage. He had a couple of more fights, and then he got his his, his fight for the World Boxing Association Intercontinental. You know, all these little rankings belts that they yeah. have out there that they still have today. You know, that was one of the belts that got him on the rankings for the WBA title, which was held by Frotch at the time. So that's essentially what helped him get that potential shot at Frotch was the fact that he had this opportunity. Now, you know, we're going to be moving on to the build-up in a couple of minutes because that, for me, was the best part. Uh, not just the fight, but one of the best parts of it and one of the best builds up in recent years. That's what led to a lot of the comments in the build-up because, you know, he was given this ranking. I can't remember what it was at the time, but he was given a ranking and Frotch didn't essentially have to give him this option to, 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 to fight Groves. He, he didn't have to do this, but he did. And he felt like it was, you know, a, a time to give the, the young lion an opportunity and he did. And I'll tell you what, Although at the time he probably regretted it in that fight when he when he when he got knocked down, yeah. you know it was <laughs> yeah. it was like yeah. it was like you know this is a, a, a great opportunity for George Groves, a great opportunity. And let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the build up. What are your memories of the build up in that fight? Um, I mean, I, I I couldn't help but I couldn't help but think about the Ben and Newbank for me uh, when I was watching most of it with uh, the Cole Fight sitting on. Um, uh, ringside, he wouldn't even look at George, and George just sort of sort of staring at him, isn't he? Calling him Frotch, <laughs> uh, and he was really starting to. You could see, like Frotch was, uh, he was really uncomfortable with it. He, it was almost like he wanted to fight him. Then it was, it was great to watch, um, and he really did wind him up. Um, although for me, I still think Frotch, in the back of his mind, I think he believed he was the better fighter. And sort of, although yeah, you you you, you ranked him highly, and what whether it be WBC, I think it's darkness as well. I, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with you, mate, and then I'm gonna move on to whether it be maybe a first Kessler fight or possibly the Andre Ward fight to to sign off Frotch's career. Um, so for me, I think he overlooked him a little bit, but brilliant, brilliant from from George. Really, he got right in his head, and uh, yeah, I mean. When, it, when we see the fight, obviously you could see, you know, he'd done something. He definitely upset Cole, and yeah, brilliant. How about yourself, Sean? Hey, well, I'll tell you what. Then my memories of this fight, uh, this build-up to this fight, were unbelievable because. This you said it at the top of the episode. You said this was a build-up which swayed people towards a certain fighter or away from a certain fighter. And in this instance, I was a massive Frotch fan. I really enjoyed watching Groves, so I was very split like yourself at the time. But then watching yeah. this, watching this build-up, this build-up actually turned a hell of a lot of people over to George Groves because of the fact that Kyle Frotch was being so overconfident that he was going to do a number on George Groves. It was unbelievable. And you talk about that episode of Ringside where they're both together. If I want to say what I want to say, or if I do say what I want to say, it's going to end with you probably putting me in a headlock and Eddie putting George in recovery well, position. Say, say it then. Because that's, that's what we'll go down. I don't want to go down that road. What are you going to say? But um, all I've got to do to answer your question is connect with a right hand or a left hook and the fight's going to be over. It's as simple as that. 100% that is what will happen. That will be the outcome of the fight. George Groves is getting knocked out. His chin won't stand up to your power. You can't, know. not won't. Can't. can't stand up to it. It can't. But at some stage in the fire, we'll hit him. When I connect, he will hit the So ball. that's it? You just got to land one punch? Final, mes- final message, it, Carl, yeah? before you haven't looked at him at all. Is that it, Carl? You've got to learn one hour. punch, I've yeah? not, no, you've spotted that one. One, one punch is that you won't? No, no. Calm down, Carl. Final message, George? I'll put this chump asleep. We'll see. You'll, you'll not frotch out? I will not frotch out. 
I'll knock him out. He won't, he won't hear that final bell. No one's come He'll close to doing it. that yet, George. No, there's people who have come close. And, not, and I, it's, it's there. The blueprint, the blueprint has been written. There's many ways I can choose to do it. And I might, as I say, I might choose to beat him in many different ways. And then I'll put him asleep. One more minute. You've Johnny, how are you not laughing? Go on, what was I going to say? <laughs> you got one more minute. Are you yeah. finding this tough, aren't you? Yeah, go on, ask me another question. <laughs> You're going to cry? You're going to cry, aren't you? Don't cry. You say, I can hear your voice breaking. What's that? Come on now. Johnny, you were saying. What? Sorry, excuse. I apologise on George's behalf. Carry on, mate. Oh my. He's going to cry. <laughs> Adam, is he going to cry? He's hold. Are you okay? What's happening right now? Are you alright? What's happening? What's don't happening go, right don't, now? Eddie, Eddie's in sitting here. He's sitting here, but he can't help you. You can, you can, you can ask for his reassurance now, but whether he storms the ring before the fight's over or not, he can't help you, Carl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to have to hold it together all by yourself. The memories of it are, are fantastic because George Groves is absolutely badgering the hell out of Frotch in that, and to the point where you can see it in his face. Frotch is like, he's got this stare in his eyes. He looks like he's gonna, uh, you know, either get really angry or cry, and you don't know which one it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be. And then he closes his eyes, and you can probably you can see he's probably thinking, "What the fuck have I done here?" And he's like, "This just started off something that was 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 fantastic." And then I was talking about it with you before we started. It was great, wasn't it? It was just like. Yeah. This is exactly what you wanted. This is what you wanted out of a build-up to a fight. This is what really got casual audiences involved. This is what got people transitioning over from from different sports as fans to come over to boxing. And go, oh, this you know, there's this fight with these two guys, and they really, really hate each other. No, no, it's not fake. It's it's genuine bad blood. And to this day, to this day. I genuinely believe that is genuine. That was genuine hate between them back then. Oh, you could you could see it on Saturday night when they're standing next to each other. With the, uh, like when, when George is talking, sometimes you could sort of just see Frotch just sort of glaring off somewhere else in the stand while George is talking. Cause you, I could you could always see it. He, he doesn't want to listen to him. It, although they've got to be professional, obviously. But um, yeah, it, it is genuine, and uh, you know you do see nowadays where the, some other fighters will try to pass up their fight with stupidness. But this one was was. was for real and it definitely sort of as you say you got the fans coming from different sports and just the neutral fans fans sort of, oh, I watched this fight tonight and that was that that for me again that that was so significant for, for the British boxing boom at, at that time in 2013 it was, yeah it was really great to be a part of and no. sort of watching sort of thing yeah, it certainly, certainly was. I think like this was one of them fights that got you know. I, I watched it with my wife. My wife was has always been a big boxing fan, and she, she her her dislikeness for Carl Froch came from that build up to that fight, and, and even to this day, even watching the fight, watching the punditry over the weekend with Froch and Groves involved in it, she still sat there and she's like, I can't stand Froch. <laughs> and it, and, yeah. it, and it, com- it comes from that build-up because he was so cocky and so confident he was going to do a number on him that he was just he just it just made him look like a bit of an ass. It made him look like he'd overlooked him yeah. completely. And as we come onto the fight now, that that for me mm-hmm. it told a it told a massive it told a massive story about the build-up. Did Groves get under Frotch's skin? Well, I think the answer was yes. Yeah, I think I think he got under his skin, and I do think that Frotch overlooked him. As I said, as we was the Lucy and Butte fight just before that, the Cole Frotch, when he was the underdog, if you like, going into that fight, that was the Cole Frotch that should have gone in the initial fight against George and got under his skin and overlooked George. Thought, who's this young, co- this young cocky kid who thinks he can start sort of 
sort of mouthing off at me, you know, how dare you type of thing. And, well, it was brilliant. He'd done a fantastic number on him. And I, I actually got to one point when I was watching that fight where I started to feel sorry for Fletch, believe it or not, where I thought, cool, he's just literally diminished. Uh, that's, that, that was my initial thought as I'm watching the fight, especially the first four rounds. I was like, yeah, either, either George is having a fantastic performance, performing fantastically, and, and Frutch just, it was half the man, to be honest. It just didn't look like the Cole Frutch we had witnessed against sort of all these, you know, maybe, I thought at one point maybe the, all these fights beforehand of, you know, it's taking its toll on him and he's starting to, that was it. I thought, I thought this is it. It's the end of car, to be fair. It was, uh, it was a very, very, very good, thrilling and entertaining fight. And as we talk about the fight, now that first round in particular, you know, you didn't know what to, you didn't know what to expect from that first particular round. I remember watching it back, thinking, you know, it's going to be quite a tentative opening start to the fight, and they're going to feel each other out. And next thing you knew, George Groves landed that right hand square on oh, Frotch's nose, and Frotch was down. And you'd not seen Frotch down before. No, no, I, I thought, I mean, to be fair, I, I was surprised he actually got up. And, and lucky for Cole is that it, it was so late in that round, in that first round. Because if that had been in the first sort of, sort of minute and a half, I think he could have been in trouble and he could have even gone down there again. Whether, you know, I, I think I think he's, um, yeah, he's tried to go. I think I think he was losing the round, Cole, and I think he's thought, you know, I, I think in his head he's thought, I'm losing this round. I'm not being aggressive enough. Cole, I mean, I, uh, sorry, Groves is being very aggressive, throwing that right hand. And I think he's gone to go for it. And that's where he's got caught because he's actually gone in to throw a shot. And then it's a one, two, and then the right. And that was it. Gone and put, put him down. It's a great shot from George. Excellent shot. Yeah, no, it was. I tell you what, when when, when Groves knocked Frotch down, like I said, I was talking about my wife earlier. She was absolutely <laughs> ecstatic. She was loving it. She was like, she was like, I told you. I told you Groves had put him down. I told you he'd put him down. And she was adamant this was going to happen and obviously he gets up and then we get a, a, an absolutely thrilling and enthralling fight for for the next yeah. eight rounds it was it was so back and forth it was so you know it was such a, a close fight and you couldn't really split the two of them i think george grove sort of took the earlier rounds uh, i think the first four four rounds and i had then, the first four I, I had i had george quite quite clearly ahead on the first four to fair and he was i, I, I actually think frotch was probably still stunned in rounds especially through rounds two and into rounds eight. It was that much of a big shot, that, you know, and it was catching with overhand right. Don't get me wrong, he caught him with overhand right a couple of other times during in the third, second, even the fourth, and Cole took him to, to you know, he showed his granite chin. And um, But for me, Cole uh, was struggling and George just dominated him for the first four rounds. So, so what do you think changed in that fight then? Do you think it was Groves starting to tire, you know, emptying his gas tank on Frotch with, with them first four or five rounds? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the fifth, for me, the fifth round, it was, start, I think, for, I wouldn't say there was a turn in the fifth round. I think the turn came in sixth. I think in the fifth round, Frotch had his most successful, and that was the round I, I, I give Frotch. That was the first round I give Frotch. But in the sixth round, Groves done this, he was, he was boxing superbly. I, I, like, he was out, that jab was was absolutely killing Frotch. He couldn't get near him. The overhand right, and then for some strange reason, George Groves decided to trade with him in that sixth round. And that, for me, was a turning point because Frotch sort of come out on top of it a little bit for me, and I think he hurt a George. And George had never been hit by anyone like that before. So that was me, the sixth round for me. 
Yeah, I, I I do agree. I think when he started to go toe-to-toe, that was when the difficulties came for Groves. That's when it started to become a lot harder than, than what it was two, three rounds earlier. I think when he started to take a lot more of them heavy shots from Kyle Froch. Now, I've never seen Kyle Froch as a one-punch concussive knockout artist. I've always seen him as, I think you'll probably agree, a guy who, who, who yeah. can throw the combinations and wear you down. Uh, and he's good at mm-hmm. finishing his opponents, as we've seen in the past. And I think trying to trade with someone like him at that time was... was it wasn't the right move, but you've got to remember something we've not touched on uh, in the lead up to this fight. He's actually oh, uh, him and Adam Booth parted ways yep, ten yep, weeks, ten weeks before the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major, major problem. Do you know what? I've, I've completely forgot about that. But yeah, and you obviously got uh, Fitzpatrick in, didn't he? But yes. yeah, that was to do with him not going to the press conference. I think I, I can't quite. I think I think I recall um, George saying that Adam Booth didn't go to the presser for the Cole Frotch. Uh, for the Cold Watch fight, and that was why they parted ways, um, unfortunately. And, and I personally, I think that George, maybe with Adam in there, maybe he wouldn't have done what he did in the sixth round, and maybe he could have just continued to box his way through to, to quite a comfortable victory, to be fair, because I think that was the way it was going. Yeah, well, that's that's the way it was going. As the fight got on, Grove started to tire. He started to take ship too many more punches, and we get to the, the controversial round number nine, which is when the fight ended. And at that point, <laughs> going into that round, the judges actually had George Groves ahead. One judge, the British judge, Dave Paris, had George Groves five rounds ahead before that stoppage. Yep, yep, 78, 73. Yep, yep. And then the other two was 76, 75, wasn't it? Yes. So it was it was it was a very close fight as we were talking about. Dave Paris had it a lot wider than, than the other two judges, but it was quite clear that for, for most people watching at home and for the judges at ringside that Groves was edging this fight. Groves was, was well into this fight, and then we get that that flurry of combinations from Cal Froch on George Groves and then he starts to wilt on the ropes and then all of a sudden he starts to throw a few more combinations and then Howard Foster felt like he'd seen enough. And Groves hanging on here, just holding and spoiling, trying to buy some time, but Froch smells blood here. I think Froch needs to finish it here. He really does. Groves, Groves is in trouble. Thing. He's taking another one and another and Howard Foster has stopped it. Wow, that is going to be controversial. Steps in, ends the fight. George Groves is obviously complaining. You know he was still ready to go. And this, this is the big question that everybody asked, and what led to a second fight between the two of them was: Could George Groves have continued? At the time when I first watched it, I would have said no. Um, I still, even watching it after and then watching it again before we we spoke, Sean. Um, I think he catches. He does catch him, um, and he does sort of turn his back on him. But I don't think he's quite gone. I think he could have. Like, I would have lasted the round, and I think. I think he deserved that chance. You know, he's put Cole Fights down and the referees allowed that to happen. Um, and I think that's where maybe Howard Foster's... He got caught up in the fight and I think, you know, looking at Cole, he thought... He knows it probably through his career, he knows that he's got a granite chin and he can survive. I think George, not necessarily, not sure. So I think he's made that decision. I was disappointed and I think a lot of people were at the time. But if he didn't do that, if he didn't make that decision, we wouldn't have been in a situation to be where we went on to, for the rematch. So it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that one poor decision that many people were very upset about actually, you know, it elevated this fight into unbelievable numbers, which we'd never ever thought were ever possible by going to Wembley and fighting in front of 90,000 people. So in actual fact, it sort of t- does a U-turn, doesn't it? And Harold Foster is actually impacted 
Depending on um, what what's necessary, what's gone on next with with AJ on the undercard at Wembley as well, and one of his as he's coming through, it, it all just sort of seemed to go from this decision. Really, that, that's my opinion. Yeah, I think the writing the writing was on, was on the wall. I think other referees might have let that go on a little bit longer, maybe even only for a few more seconds longer before they actually said, "Right, actually, that's enough." Uh, Howard Foster, obviously, you know, we felt like at the time that was the right decision to make, and as you say, that decision actually had such a significant impact on, on, on both men and boxing. And <laughs> I don't think Howard Foster realise, <laughs> realises how much impact that decision he made on that night has had on boxing because, as you said again at the top of the show, it was one of the most significant fights in recent memory that's really set off the British boxing boom of the past six years. Uh, and, and obviously yep. the rematch, which will be not so much going into detail, but obviously in the aftermath part of the show, we can touch on that mm. as well. But the fact that it was able to then generate 90,000 people, uh, well, 80,000 people, as Carl Froch likes to say, uh, 80,000 people at yeah. Wembley Stadium. Um, George Groves coming in on an open top bus, you know, it was, it's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have created that sort of buzz about a rematch if that decision wasn't made. I personally felt like it could have gone on a little bit longer before I would have liked to have seen yeah. it stopped, but hey, the rest is history, as they say, and we, we, we got that outcome. And what was very interesting after this fight is when they both sat down at ringside to be interviewed, uh, the, the boos that Cal Froch got and the cheers that George yeah. Groves got made me realise how much George Groves had turned everything in his favour. Oh, he'd done a fantastic number, dude. He'd done a great job. He, he was really... I, as as you say, when he came in, he came in to booze. Um, although, as you say, even in the build-up, people were starting to turn on Carl a little bit. But you know, he, he always had a good fan base, and obviously, uh, Groves not so much. And he'd come in underdog, um, not really going to do much. And then he goes and puts on a performance like that. And then with the decision as well, that you know, the, what Howard Foster decided to stop it as early as he did, it, it was unbelievable, really. How. Uh, had a crowd reacted every time Cole spoke, it was booze, wasn't it? And then it was massive cheers for Jordan. This shows you, you know, what it wasn't even 12 rounds of boxing, eight, nine rounds, and you know, the fans were swayed. It's, it's, it's quite beautiful, really. And that leads us nicely, really, into the aftermath section of the show and, and to talk about what we just touched on there, really, was what, what it meant to both guys' careers, this particular fight. And it had significant impact, I think, on, on both men's careers for different reasons because we talk about Froch. Obviously, Roch had one more fight, which was the rematch against George Groves in front of them 80,000 people at Wembley Stadium, which was a massive moneymaker, which paved the way for people like Anthony Joshua to fight in front of 90,000 people at the same stage. So this this was uh, a bit of a I'd like to say it's a pioneer fight really for for, for British boxing because this pioneered and ushered in a new era where fans were from all over different different sports were transitioning over just to watch these big marquee fights in such a huge stadium because Eddie Hearn was able to work his magic and actually sell it so much that he was able to get that many people interested and the fight itself was so significant that for me it was. A, a big pioneering fight for for recent memories. Yeah, yeah. I, did you go? Did you go? So I went myself. I mean, me and my wife went. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You know what? I would have. I would have loved to have gone to it. I, but again, I watched it with my wife, and we, you know, we was. Well, we we loved it. We we couldn't wait for the second fight. And again, the build up to the second fight wasn't as good as the first fight. However, it was still entertaining. It still left a lot of yeah. questions in your mind as to you know can Groves do it? What if if some bots? There was yeah. loads of them going into the second fight and. 
that that second fight was very tentative up until the ending of that fight as well, and that was wasn't as yeah. good as this first fight that we're talking about, but it was still a very good fight. It was still a good fight, and um, I, I thought I, I don't know I, I could sense a shift for for, for Carl. I, I think he realised he underestimated him, and he also got his family a little bit more involved in the build-up, didn't he? he had a, I think George Groves, uh, one of his, I think, I think Cole Frotch's cousin had a little go at him, didn't he? And he was offering him out, sort of. A, yeah, one of he the was. Presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see George is a little bit what's going on and I think he went over to Eddie Earn like you're going to help me out you can't have this you can't have <laughs> yeah. and then he's sort of laughing and I thought I felt a bit sorry for him there and uh, I think they sort of bullied him I wouldn't say they bullied him I, th- I don't know I thought they did they sort of he got his family involved he, he, he you could see he was up for it he probably he probably trained as hard as he ever trained before um, he trained a lot harder put it that way and he, in, his, in his forefront Cole's thinking you know I'm going to get rid of this kid and I think he showed his class again um, which was good to see and I think I think he was right to finish Carlton for me I think it's a good 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 uh, a good fight in front of 80,000 or was it I don't think it was 80 was it, was it knocking on 75 I don't know you know he, he, got, he signed off on the right on the right to be fair yeah no he did and obviously that was the end of his career and there was loads of talk of him coming back and having fights with people like Andre Ward and you know there was so much talk of him coming back and, and, and to be honest with you at the A he was 36 years old when, when this second fight happened and I, I was more than happy for him to sign off on on that. Really, I mean, I, I personally at the, at the time the fight happened, I wanted I wanted George to win. I'll be honest, I wanted George to win that fight. But in hindsight, looking at what happened in both men's careers, you know that was a good way for for Carl Froch to sign out as at the top of his game, and and then for George Groves obviously to move on. And and for me, that's where we we move on to sort of the aftermath for Groves really, because that is that is another tale. That's like this is one tale, and then we get the next tale which is a second wind for George wasn't it because we get we move him on and yeah. he gets uh, another world title shot against Badu Jack loses that you know he fights guys like Brophy beats him beats Martin Murray has that uh, fight with uh, Edward Gushinek which was a, a significant fight for obviously George Groves because of the injuries that Gushinek suffered afterwards uh, and and, and yeah. for, for a lot of men that could have completely I think that could have completely changed the, the the way they fought. But in his his next fight, he beat Fedor Chudinov finally on his fourth attempt and won the WBA uh, super middleweight title in Sheffield. Finally, good. I was really pleased for him that night. Um, obviously, with with I'm not going to try and pronounce the guy's name that, that got injured because I'm terrible with names. I don't want to murder his fellas. Though. But uh, yeah, I think I think that impacted on George a little bit for me. That that. Although he did go on to beat, it was a tough fight against Fedor. Fedor, is it Fedor? Fedor, Fedor, Fedor. Shouldn't have, isn't it? Um, he, yeah, it was a good fight, tough fight, um, and I thought I was really pleased for George. As you say, fourth for tenth. I think he was very close at times, and he really knuckled down. And I think with was it Shane McGuigan as yeah. well in his corner. Um, I think that made a, that made a difference in, mentally for George, and I think he realised that he needs to. I, I think he in his head he thought he was already there. I think he's actually said that he, he has actually said that before that he, he was at the top of the mountain, um, and but he hadn't been. He never won a world title, and it, I was really pleased for him. Really pleased, and I, he deserved it. He deserved it, and I think a lot of people were. Um, and then obviously on to the uh, the uh, World Boxing Super Series after that. Yeah, Andre, yeah, I tell you what, it's like when you think of George's career now, and you think about the 
the, the Kyle Foch fights, and I know them fights took a hell of a lot out of him. He eventually got that world title in his fourth attempt, but then he, go, he goes onto the World Boxing Super Series, beats Jamie Cox with a great body shot, beats Eubank Jr. after being after being wrote off again. I think in that fight he was kind of wrote off as oh well he's, he's you know he's he's past his best, he's he's shot worn, he's he's damaged goods, and Eubank Jr. is younger, fresher, is going to stop him, and he did a number on Eubank Jr. in that fight as well, and you know to to to, to say he had. Uh, a, a great career was I think for me personally no matter what people say the guy has achieved a, a lot more than what most people will ever achieve in boxing when they turn professional definitely you know I, I do think people overlook that a little bit I, you know I know he, he will always compare his record to James DeGale which is always a, an interesting they, they were both very good fighters obviously both retired this year um, and I, I, I do think for me George probably did edge it obviously with, with the clutch fights as well and and with the dominant display of Eubank, he was Eubank was literally. I remember Nazim just killing him on ITV. <laughs> he was he was slagging him off left, right, and centre. I mean, rightly so. Eubank didn't look great, but for me, that's, that's an, I mean, for me, Eubank isn't really. I think he's a little bit overrated personally, anyway. But great performance from George, you know. And I thought he was, you know, his jab and the, and the right and it, and his over and right, and he just kept him off of him. Good footwork. As we've seen from George with low hands and he's able to just move out of danger, it was excellent. One of his best performances that Eubank, and it was really pleasing to see that one as well. Yeah, it was pleasing to see that one. And he gets his final bout, and the bout he retired after, which was Callum Smith, which was for the WBA and WBC Diamond Super Middleweight titles. It was the final of the World Boxing Super Series, and unfortunately he got beat, he got stopped with uh, what was a wicked body shot. And and ironic as well that he stopped Jamie Cox two fights earlier with a great body shot and, and practically got stopped himself with uh, a body shot just as, ju- just as wicked yeah it was it yeah. was it was it was like poet it's like poetic weren't it? it was like poetic justice it was so strange like it was just so it was just so strange that you know he'd had this second wind you know he was a world champion he, he looked as good as ever beating Eubank Jr and then he went in a, against Smith in a very close fight and let's not get me wrong he wasn't completely you know overshadowed in that fight he was quite close leading up to leading up to the stoppage I think a lot of people had it sort of you know some people had it to Grove some people had it two or three rounds up for Callum Smith and he was in there all the way up until the end and valiantly you know went out on his shield and, and that, that that's the way I always seen Grove's career going if I'm being honest when I talked about the Kenny Anderson fight earlier in the episode I was saying that was a lot yeah, of fun. That, that, that fight you should go and watch it because that is a foreshadowing fight honestly that, that fight when you watch that you that will that will make you realise that actually Grove's career was always destined to go the way it was going to go and you know if you if you're a believer in anything or if li- the listeners are a believer in anything i think when people say oh it's fate it's fate th- this that fight and then looking back at his career that was like it was meant to happen it was so strange that, he, that, that his career ended the way it did uh, on the note that it did and then he, he just had some epic fights some great nights and did this particular one the frotch groves one for me was was you know, it was his defining. Although he lost on the record, it was for me. It was one of his defining fights in his career, and and it, which is why the the, the voters, uh, the users of Twitter, and the listeners of the podcast voted it uh, as a legendary night to, to record. Uh, I agree with him. I agree with you as well, Sean. I think it was a, it was a, a good performance, a great fight, a great fight, and and one with you know for for the aftermath of what happened it was a huge significance for british boxing and credit to george credit to carl as well they you know they 
wasn't Cole's fault that uh, Harold Foster stopped it early. So, you know, although he got the booze, he's probably he, he, he probably getting booze maybe because of his performance, really, not necessarily the, the, the actual decision because it wasn't Cole's fault. You know, any, uh, you know if, you're, if you're a fighter yourself and you're in a ring and, you know, you've caught someone, you probably think it's been stopped early, but you've won the fight, and, you know, you know you, you're going to take it. So... Credit to both of both the guys, um, and really great fight. And you know, if anyone didn't see it or anyone wants to watch it again, go and watch it again. I've watched it a couple of times since I spoke to you, Sean. And yeah, really, really. Uh, and credit to George. Great career. Great, great. Uh, both of them. Both of them. Excellent. Really great fight. Yeah, it was, and it was a brilliant fight, and it was one that will always stick out for me in 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 living memory. You know, if I ever think back to when I'm 70, 80 year old, and I think about all the fights I've watched, this will genuinely be one of them fights where I'll always think back to and think I remember sat on the edge of my seat watching this fight because that is genuinely how I was watching it. I was sat on the edge of my seat watching this fight because it was so back and forth. Uh, it was one of the greatest yeah. fights we've got in recent memory, and which is why, like I said, the users of Twitter, the listeners of the podcast voted it uh, as one of the legendary nights to record and I'm really pleased to have got this episode done and I'm really glad to have got you on Johnston because it was I know you was looking forward to this one in particular yeah I felt, I really appreciate you asking me to come on show night it was uh, it was great sort of recapping the other night going through the fights and uh, the first, I watched the first one a couple of times I watched the second one and the build ups to it and I know you touched on the George Groves little where uh, documentary that's on Sky watched that as well um, yeah it was it was great to relive it and um, yeah great pick from from, from, the, from those on Twitter I think uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I would have I don't know what the other ones were to be fair but this is definitely one that yeah, I would have picked for, but it was is, it is great night so for the people that are listening to this episode of Legendary Nights thank you so much for voting for this particular episode of Frotch versus Groves 1 and thank you so much for letting us know what your thoughts are on these Legendary Nights series we really really appreciate it Johnston thank you for coming on and uh, coming on to the episode and, and chatting about the fight and it's definitely something I'd like to get you back on for in the future and, and I, I, I asked you the question and I know you're going to send it me over after we've finished this episode but we've got another four fights for you the listeners to go on to Twitter and vote for so if you look out on our Twitter account which is at BTR Boxing Pod you will find there's going to be another four fights popping up there very soon for you to vote on so if you do that vote for the next fight we'll get it recorded we'll get it out to you we hope you've enjoyed this episode of BTR's Legendary Nights thanks for listening and we'll see you next time Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.